Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Kevin Payne is the founder of KevinTPayne.com, an inbound marketing agency and HubSpot partner that helps tech startup founders implement inbound marketing campaign sprints to increase their qualified leads. He's been an online marketer for over five years and has worked with a plethora of startup founders. He coaches founders and influencers through his 12-week online accelerator to help increase qualified leads by automating marketing and sales. He considers himself a lifelong learner and is currently a digital nomad that loves traveling and enjoying the many adventures that life brings his way. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Kevin. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, I'm excited. I'm great. You, We're going to talk all things uh, inbound marketing today. Our listeners have just heard a little bit about you. Tell us more about your agency and why you do what you do. Okay. So the reason I've chose to focus on inbound marketing is it allows me to work with clients and do inbound marketing campaigns in a cohesive manner. When I say that, I mean, in the past, when doing digital marketing, a lot of the work has been done in silos. Like someone wants social media marketing or they want SEO or content writing. But I see the power of doing digital marketing is when you use all of these techniques together. Because if you're if you're not using them together, then you're not going to gain the benefits of each one of those channels. For instance, if you're using social media, but you're not sharing your own content, then you're not going to be gaining that referral traffic back to your own website. That's right. I would totally agree. The name of the game is uh, integrating. And we always like to, um, to, to talk about the fact that if you can only afford at one point, one silo, if you will, make sure that there's a good digital mix. So as mm-hmm. you said, make sure that if it's SEM or retargeting or some sort of content-driven strategy that you're at least, you know, integrating those types. Um, if you can't yet get to uh, the tried and true media types or trade show uh, sales tools, that sort of thing. So totally agree. So what are, we talk a lot about automation in our business. Define automation for our listeners. For me, when when talking about automation is specifically marketing automation software. And I look at this as an all-in-one tool that replaces different one-off tools to create a marketing ecosystem. And it allows you to share data through each of your marketing channels. In the past, before having a marketing automation system, when you're trying to look at which channel helped with a conversion or generating a lead, the data would be off and you have developed weekly, at least from my working experience, I would have to develop weekly marketing analytic report and it would be very time intensive. So these are some of the pain points that a marketing automation system helps with. And it also makes it easier for you to gain insights because everything is in one place. Right. And for those startup businesses that are listening today, you help accelerate start startup business. So your specific specialty is inbound marketing for startups. And you've got a 12-week online intensive course uh, for those tech founders that helps increase website traffic, uh, you know, inbound leads, that sort of thing. Talk to us a little bit about that online course. So within the course, 
I'm essentially, I took a service that I offer, which is the inbound marketing game plan, and I created a DIY solution for agencies who are growing their team in-house. And going through the course, you're going to develop a buyer. You start off developing a buyer persona, which is similar to your targeted customer. And from developing your buyer persona, then you want to understand their customer's journey, like which, which is what are their pain points and how do they discover their solution, which is looking at your company and your competitors. So you want to understand that from the customer's journey, then you develop a content strategy around your keyword research. And this is, is what you're going to use to create content, different forms of content, and promote that content online, whether that's through social media, uh, SEM, or different other distribution channels. Right. And, and another thing that we do in this course is I help you with outlining an inbound marketing campaign sprint within a project management system. We'll use Asana, and this will allow you to actually train your staff at the end of the day, with this program, is geared towards training your staff so that they can implement it without needing me. Um, or, you know, if it's a small company and they do want to hire me, then they would just bring me on after they go through this course. Right. Now, influencers are becoming such an important part of not only the, you know, the content uh, side of the house, but really the PR side of the house as well. How are you running co-marketing campaigns between the two? Okay, so I guess I will be the be flipped when I say that I'm usually um, the influencer and I'm working with companies. Right. So if you're if you're out there listening and you're a mid-sized company, um, just take what I'm saying from the, the standpoint of an influencer. What I do on a monthly basis is a co inbound marketing campaign, and I kind of create this. So I, I had initially an inbound marketing campaign sprint, which is what you learn in this course. But then I team up on a monthly basis with a, a B2B MarTech company. The, some of the ones I have teamed up with is eClincher, which is a social media management tool, and also Rept, which is an influencer marketing platform. And what we do is start off with developing a co-branded content offer. In both situations, it was an ebook, and then from there we develop blog posts and guest posts, and we distribute them online. Wow! And this this allows the company, because I'm writing all the content as the influencer, so this allows them to gain content that they would otherwise be able to create due to limited in-house resources. As well, they're able to use some of the distribution channels I have, which is all of these places I'm able to write and they're able to get in front of larger audiences. Like some of the sites I write for include HubSpot, Smart Insights, Mention, to name a few. <laughs> to name a few. I mean, you've got, uh, <laughs> gosh, 100,000 Twitter followers, 13,000 Instagram followers. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. How long did it take you to build that sort of influence for your own personal brand? I would say I've been on Twitter since I've been in college. So, uh, <laughs> I the audience say has me, changed a little bit since then, right? Yeah, I, but I would say um, with my generation, well, I don't say like I'm like <laughs> generation. You're not I'm 14. a millennial, yeah. But I would say that I grew up with social media, so that may be the difference. That um, since day one, I was already on this platform. Also, what I do is I one of the tools I use is eClincher and Manage Flitter. So with eClincher, I don't I develop my tweets 
like one time and then I, I go back and look at them like maybe every two to three weeks and I'm mainly tweeting out all my content is either blog posts or guest posts so my traffic from the social media is high because I'm sharing my own content if I'm sharing somebody else's content it's due to retweeting it right so that's the one thing I would tell people that's listening as well another thing that I do is when I, I write my content I strategically mention influencers and brands and I'll, I'll tag them in the article I mean within the social media posts so that increases the brand awareness and reach of my content so those, those are two tips I would tell people that's um, getting on social media to share their content. And on Facebook, Twitter, Facebook and Twitter, I know you can tag people. I'm not through the tools I use. I haven't been able to tag people for LinkedIn. But if you go directly into LinkedIn, if you're connected with that person, you can tag them to say that you mentioned them with an article. Right. Now, there's so much talking. I mean, you've just talked to us and and illustrated the importance of a personal brand and ultimately how you can, through a strong personal brand, not only talk through the conviction of personal platform, but really build that, that loyal audience and which ultimately helps build the business and build revenue. Why do you feel a personal brand is important and how can executives listening today develop their own personal brand? Okay. For the executive listening today, the good example that I love to use would be Michael Hyatt. You know, when he was at his publishing company, he talks about the the ability of creating a personal brand, allow him to experiment, really be hands-on to understand what digital marketing strategies is working, as well creating a personal brand as an asset. Um, even if you are the owner of the company, <laughs> if you have a personal brand that goes to, to with you wherever you go. So me, when I was an employee, that that made me create a personal brand because I know it's going to help me stand out in my job search as well. Nine times out of ten, the companies that I work with are going to look at that as they're going to see that I'm incentivized to, to learn because I'm actually doing it. Um, so those are some of the quick pieces other things personal branding will help you with is actually writing about what you're doing. Because <laughs> right. if you're developing a personal brand, you have to blog. So, you know, if you're blogging, you're going to nine times out of ten, you're going to actually have to sit down and learn and continue to develop relationships with other people because you're going to have to mention them and talk about them with your blogs. Um, so it's just, if anything, it's a good way to learn. And also it helps you with standing out in the job market. What are some of the recent topics uh, that you've pushed out via HubSpot, for instance? Um, I just pushed out a influence, another influence of marketing blog today. Well, by the time the listeners have listened, it probably <laughs> already be out. <laughs> but with HubSpot, um, the one I did today was actually about how to become an influencer <laughs> in your industry. So that was just wow. pretty when you asked that. So you can, we can put that in the show notes if you want to. <laughs> okay, so tell us very quickly. So this show will be airing after that article does. Tell us very quickly, what are some key points? Key points, is, uh, the article is like 3,000 plus words. Oh. But some of the key points, <laughs> it's like to make it. I would say one of the main key points is identify who you're actually trying to develop a relationship with. Right. Um, like when I get on social media, I'm not trying to talk to everybody. I'm trying to talk to specific people. 
So even though I have a lot of people that follow me, the people I'm trying to connect with is really B2B CMOs or CEOs within MarTech companies. So understanding who your buyer persona is, who you're trying to talk to online. Also understand what social media channels you want to be on. I know it can be very intimidating to get on every social media channel, but you don't have to do that. Yeah, you have to just start somewhere, right? I would say choose three, like (laughs) at a max. You can't be you can't be um, on every channel. So I, I, for me personally, I'm on LinkedIn is my number one, Twitter number two, and then Facebook. Right. Those those are my three channels for the most part. I do have an Instagram channel, but you know, <laughs> it's not really like I'm not investing that much into it. It's just like there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to be there no matter what. Now you have become quite a nomad in a lot of areas, you know, a millennial who's working with some very, very large companies from a consulting standpoint, when it comes to digital inbound outbound approaches, uh, social media influencer, personal branding, those sort of things that are so important. Um, but then you're a, minor- a minority on the tech scene as well. Talk to mm-hmm. us about your background there. Okay. So as far as being a minority in the tech scene, first I'll tell you how I got involved in the tech scene, that I can give a little overview of my experience, and then what do I do to advocate for minorities in tech. Good. Um, the way I got into tech was through my sophomore year in college. I was actually, I, when I went to college, I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. So I was, <laughs> I went into college undecided. So, <laughs> so that was, was kind of a scary moment of deciding what you want to do for the rest of your life <laughs> at the time. So I went in undecided and then I met, remember this lady, Diane Welch, she was the director of the entrepreneurship program at my school. And she convinced me to, um, to look at the entrepreneurship major. And I, I did, I got involved in what was called at the time, the CEO class club and I had the opportunity to get in a program where we got paired with mentors and one of my mentors was Troy McConnell mm. um, he, he had successfully built and sold some tech startups so that was kind of it was a cool opportunity to be with him and we would meet every other week for coffee and bagels or donuts and I would just get to pick his brain as a college student so I'm getting exposed to all this different stuff like he's right. telling me about reading books like The Lean Startup and I'm reading these books like hosted by Eric Reese. and as I learned I was brave enough to ask him can I you know can I do a summer internship with your company and I did and that gave me my first you know bit of experience working in-house at tech startups and you know I caught the bug and and, also and here you are. Through that t- <laughs> well, yeah. Also through that time, I started doing consulting in college for marketing consulting, working with small businesses. And after I graduated, I worked with an agency and then I worked in-house at e-commerce and tech startups. My last full-time position was with a worker remote for a tech startup in San Francisco. And then from being in-house at tech startups, I would say I was the minority of the minority being a black man (laughs) so so I I always you know I always embraced it you know um, I've always been treated with respect and also throughout you know throughout my life in every area I just go hard in it because I have a background in sports so I'm always very competitive like if I'm doing SEO doing marketing I'm like all right I got to write the longest article (laughs) because I'm trying to 
I'm trying to crush the competition to get number one on Google. Right. <laughs> so that's been my experience from, you know, how I got into the industry and a little bit about working in it. And now that I'm a full-time consultant, some of the ways I advocate is through actually creating content, um, a lot of roundup articles just to let other people gain insights on who are the top people that I've been able to find in certain niches. One example is I wrote a a long-form article about some of the top um, black um, tech startup founders. Did one on the top VCs who are advocating and helping people with with on the women founders and also helping my other minority founders. And also I I write for Blabity, which is a it's basically a, a site for black millennials and and also Thrive Global, which is a site for empowering women entrepreneurs. Mm. So this is some of the ways that I'm able to help is like just through developing and creating content to help other people who are you know, looking to be inspired to become entrepreneurs. Well, you're certainly inspiring us today. What do you feel are some of the biggest obstacles facing marketers today? The biggest obstacle is probably... For me, it was paralysis by analysis. <laughs> when that, it's, it's so much information out there. You, you just end up not knowing what to act on. You're just like, uh. And I would say that's the biggest thing because when I first got started, I would, I would be listening to podcasts, but it's like uh, I had to get to the point where I just took away a few actionable steps and went and acted on it. And I think that's one of the biggest things because you know the internet moves so fast that (laughs) by the time you learn a new trend you're like hey this is out already like you have chat bots out you have influence and marketing you have news on software tools coming out every day (laughs) goes on and on and on staying on top of it is is really actually very different which prompts another question for you how do you stay on top of the constant changing technology platform that marketing sits on now. What I had, what I did from a, from a business standpoint, like everybody can take this advice, and also from a personal standpoint, because if I want to be a digital man, I can't be on online twenty four seven. Right. So what I did is instead of trying to be all things to everyone, I just focus on a specific niche to a specific set of people. So I only try to learn the trends that will be effective to them. So I know that I'm only focused on B2B MarTech startups for the most part, and they're active on Twitter and LinkedIn. I usually stay up with the pulse of the the new tools coming out through Product Hunt and also AngelList. So that's what I would say is if you identify who your target customer is, just listen to what they're they're talking about to stay up to date on your problems. And also, um, of course, reading blogs and podcasts, but don't don't overdo it. Just look for actual insights from it and then go act on it before consuming before continuing to listen, because you're just listening, binge watching, like on Netflix or binge listening. <laughs> so we podcasts. we binge we binge in the office as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're binge if you're binge listening to podcasts, but not actually implementing anything that you learned, what have you really gained? Yeah, what did you gain? Yeah. Well, I tell you, Kevin Payne, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you today on the Integrate and Ignite podcast from inbound to influencer Mm -hmm. to personal branding. You have shared some incredible insight today, and we so appreciate that. Thank you for appearing on the show. Thank you. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. 
Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.